Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back, everybody, to an all-new episode of Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to the show. Tonight, we're going to be discussing my pick from the bowels of Tech Noir, 1984's The Terminator, directed by James Cameron. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. But as always, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Golgi Keith. Did you say bowels? Yeah, well, we have to go underground because the Terminator's shooting upstairs. I don't know if that analogy applies. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) Hello, everyone. You didn't pay the 450 What's going on tonight? (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome to our bowels. Yes, welcome to our bowels that we've been infected by the demonic doctor himself, so we're all clean and ready to go. Thank you, Doc. It was quite refreshing. How is bowels refreshing? Well, you check uh, this don't out. Don't you refresh your bowels? Yeah, I do. I uh, my bowels. I mean, I we keep it clean around here. <laughs> Always. 100%. Do you ever wake <laughs> up with that not so fresh feeling, Mom? <laughs> we'll talk about it later, Susie. So inappropriate, man. <laughs> well, well, Monkey joking. laughing at his own jokes again. Yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> Don't mind me. Not I'm just sitting here dr- 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 drinking a bottle of California wine. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling warm. I'm feeling fuzzy. Oh, wait. No, that's the doc. That is true. California wine. Killing himself. The doc is self medicating tonight. He's healing we love our California wines, and we love our booze, and there it is. That's a nice shot in the group chat. <laughs> Welcome, boys, to the show. So glad to have you here to talk about the Terminator a little later on. Uh, so that's uh, for later. We're all here. Um, before we kick it off uh, with some horror news, I know we have some things to talk about. Uh, it was just announced, announced just a little while ago, I put it on the Talking Terror page, the official poster for Candyman uh, has been released. Uh, June 12, 2020 is the release date for me to cost as Candyman. Man, that poster is just so lackluster that makes me worried about the film. Because that poster looks like it was slapped together overnight by some geek in the computer. <laughs> I oh. thought of a million different ways they could have made a teaser poster. I was like, they could have done this and they could have done that. But now they decided to go with the American Horror Story of the lace that looks like honeycombs and a woman's face and just standing down across the eyes. So just uninspired and Makes me worried. All three of us that are excited for this movie, not you guys, but the three out there that love Candyman, are excited <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's, it's disappointing, and it made me just think of all the different ways they could have gone about making a teaser poster. I'm like, really? That's the way you go? The American Horror Story route? You couldn't have made something that kind of hints at Candyman? You know, put up a header saying, say his mm. name, something cool. Nah, nice yeah. that route. Well, again, though, we're talking about something where do you think the younger 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, the younger audiences actually know about Candyman, though. You know, the the the, no. the younger viewers, like in, in their twenties, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. you know, watching horror today, do, you know, do they know about the original stuff from the nineties? And maybe that's the thing they got to do is put that hook out there to try and get some new viewers. Nah, man, I think it, I I I really have no frame of reference on this of what they know and whatnot, but I would venture to guess that it's one of those that younger people are into horror, like more have like heard of it than have actually seen it. That would be my guess. Okay. Yeah, and that's, I would go that route. It's just, I don't know. It's just uninspired. I mean, if I'm a young horror fan and I see this poster, I'm not going to go, I can't wait to see what they come up with. Sounds cool, Candyman, you know, and it's got some bees on there. It's just that. Ah, you know, it just looks like an American Horror Story poster. I just wish they had something that would grab somebody. That's like the monkey well, said, 20-year-old. Never seen Candyman. Yeah, I, I don't, I that's mean. the idea, uh, though. You put that poster like, out what? there that looks like that because that's what they're trying to attract. They're trying to yeah, attract true. the people that have watched American Horror Story, you know, the newer generation. Yeah. Because I think absolutely, I don't think the younger audience knows Candyman. Mm-hmm. Another thing that 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 I'm initially thinking of too, and I I'm not trying to be like the the downer here, but like trying to be a downer, dude. When do people re- like and because I'm not one of them, but like, are people God, like, oh, let's exact, let's examine the Candyman post. Do like, do people really get excited about like seeing a movie poster for a movie that's coming up in a- several months? Like, do people do. are like, oh, what does the poster signify? The poster dropped today. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't do. look at, I don't consider that. Like, I see it when it comes out, but I don't, I don't know. I never really like take more than a second to like look at it and see it and I, I don't know I don't really think about it too much I don't know that's that's just me I always get excited for I love I yeah, think I, good poster art goes a long way I mean again you know we always yeah. talk about going back to the old days in the the video store of DVD uh, DVD cheese of VHS cover art and stuff like that <laughs> so that's a difference because um, that's something to hold in your hands and take with you absolutely but what I'm saying is we don't even have that anymore so at the very least, we do have poster art to kind of get us, you know, a little bit excited. I mean, I'm not sitting there saying to myself, oh, my God, I cannot wait to see the new poster for the new movie that's coming out next month that I can't wait you to see. You don't do that? No, I thought you did that. No, I, I don't. But <laughs> at the same time, when I do see something interesting in poster art, it sometimes makes me go look into a movie that I might not otherwise have looked into. Oh. That's a good point, too. You see a poster in the movie theater lobby, and you're like, oh, what the fuck is that movie? Could be a simple image, but it gets you hooked. Makes you want to check yeah, out what that movie is. Tro- Trolls World Tour, man. Fuck the world. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls fuck the world? They do. If, if, you, if you'd like them to. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know if that, if that is a thing. They're at your will. No, no. Troll, <laughs> Trolls World Tour is the next Trolls movie. I know that you're excited to see because you're a big fan of that, that cartoon. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. They made a movie about trolls? Like the dolls with the hair? Yeah, yeah. it was like all the rage, like, what, three years ago? Who's walking up my bridge? The whole uh, Justin Timberlake <laughs> song, you know, can't stop the feeling. Well, that shit, no, like, I everywhere. Don't know. Hey. Who? <laughs> who? Yeah. JC, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> JT, oh, he's on a little nickname basis with Justin Timberlake. That's, 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 that's my boy JT, man. I've been watching that kid since, you know, Mickey Mouse Club, yo. 
him, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I thought he was on Kids Incorporated. Kerry Russell. No, no, no that was Mario Lopez. No, no. Uh, yeah. And Fergie. <laughs> Fergie was on Kids Incorporated. Known as Sarah Ferguson. Yeah, that was the bastards at Mickey Mouse Club. Totally had a crush on her back in the day, man. Oh, who didn't? Fergie. (laughs) She developed the. Nah, not as Fergie. Not as Fergie. Who? Like when I was a kid. You know what, man? Go stick your head back in your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Where? What are you young kids talking about? With your hippity hop and your weird Mickey Mouse Club? But in the meantime, Mickey this who? past weekend, I did get I did get to check out the movie Trey? Brightburn finally. <laughs> what movie? And I was, Brightburn. Yeah, Brightburn. Uh, and I thought you saw it. I thought much, you were not talking. Weren't you talking about it last week? I, I thought you saw that already. Yes, and we're talking no. about it now on the show. <laughs> oh, I, uh, wait. Let me just get my time. Wait, you saw it this weekend? Yes. Okay, I thought you had yeah. said last week that you had already seen it. I was mistaken. And when I'm okay. wrong, I say I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, monkey. It, it's cool. Moving on. Okay. So, yeah, I got to check it out, and I I know the ghoul got a chance to check it out too, I believe. And it's just I, I was theaters. really really. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah I just really dug what I saw. It's just the the idea of them taking the Superman story and just putting such a fun dark spin on it. <laughs> I really had a good time watching the the movie. Yeah, I, I, I felt like the, yeah, I felt like the ghoul while I was watching it though, because I was laughing my ass off at all of the most inappropriate times. Where just if mm. I had actually been in the theater, people probably would have been looking at me like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" The only time that, like, I think with something like *Brightburn*, the majority of the audience knows what they're getting. They knew going into it that it was going to be like the horror movie version of uh, of Superman. A very underwhelming audience at that too, unfortunately. Um, oh. I think the only movie of 2019 in which my laughter elicited any kind of strange looks or, Joker. you know, maybe worrisome glances. Uh, okay, no, you know what? Now I'll have to make that two films that did that. Joker, <laughs> okay, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because, you know oh, what? So, yep. so many people are just still so Point horrified board. about the, the violence at the end of that movie, and I still love it, and it <laughs> yeah. still cracks me the fuck up, dude. I told me so a good. nut, whatever. Wait, what about yeah, what but, about Last Blood though? I mean, Last Blood. Unfortunately, I didn't find as entertaining as I should have. You know what I mean? So yes, the guy sitting next no, to I me agree. Did, did, I think it's a did enjoy some of it. We had some laughter to it. Tremendously flawed film, but there were points when I was laughing my ass off, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if anyone else in the theater thinks this is funny, but I'm dying. I don't know. I think the other people in the theater just didn't find it entertaining. It wasn't just a matter of not finding it funny, you know? Like, the majority of the people that were in the theater for Last Blood really just walked out, and they seriously... Honestly, if I could have saw tears coming from their faces, I it would have made sense, you know? If they just would have approached it as it was a comedy, it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Watching him get his ass kicked by all those Mexicans, that, that's the only part that shocked me, so... <laughs> So Brightburn's good, yeah, and I actually checked out uh, The Outsider on HBO, the first three episodes that premiered, mm. based on this Stephen King book, 
It's great so far. I mean, I know there's going to be 10 episodes. I know the doc says they're going to be adding new characters and uh, new kind of scenarios. So, so far, it's been really close to the book. Uh, and Jason Bateman actually directed the first two episodes, um, and he's fantastic. Uh, it's a great little series so far. Um, definitely doesn't feel like Stephen King. If you're watching it, you're waiting for some ghosts to show up. That's not really what you're going to get. Uh, but it's definitely worth checking out uh, The Outsider on uh, HBO. Got a couple more episodes to go before it wraps. Okay, okay so you're only a couple of episodes in. Has it wandered? Like, because I thought the doc said that they were planning on wandering really far from the book eventually. Well, they're going to have to because, like the doc had said, there's the book that doesn't have as much for 10 episodes. So they're definitely going to wander. I mean, they started in episode three to to kind of go into that supernatural king territory of like, ooh, you know, what the supernatural stuff is all about. And the book had it too. Uh, but I think they're really going to go into it a little bit further because of the material and because they have to add oh, okay. characters in situations that didn't happen in the book. But so far, three episodes have premiered, and they've been as close to the book as possible. Um, it's been great. So I'm wondering when they're actually going to deviate. I would assume episode five, if I had to wager a guess, as to when they're really going to deviate from the book and kind of do their own thing. But it's entertaining, and it keeps you watching, you know, just to guess, you know, what this whole mystery is about. Ooh, it all depends uh, cool. on how they want to go about uh, stretching out the material. I haven't seen any of it yet. Um, I, I haven't read the book either. So, um, you know, eventually I'll get around to, to checking it out, you know. But I know they, uh, HBO did announce that uh, they are not going to have another season of Watchmen. So that was a one and done. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah. Oh. I was it, disappointed. It is a bummer, but at the same time, too, the story finished, you know. So I, I'm oh, yeah. kind of happy mm-hmm. that they're not trying to stretch something into more than they originally wanted to. You know, I think if they Which had more good. material – then they, they would have already had it going for a second season. It's not the show. The show got plenty of viewers. Um, so it wasn't a viewership issue. It was just, you know, it's right. just a matter of not wanting to, to make it more than it needed to be. And that, I find it's fantastic because it was such a great series. Yeah, yeah I really oh, cannot stress enough how awesome that series really was. Yeah, and you got to respect creators when they understand, you know, their project's done and – you know, they're perfectly comfortable going, no, my story's done. We're, we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hope you like it, it. Damon Lindelof said he would like to go back. He's like, I would love to go back and do a season two if they allow it. If they don't, that's cool. But, you know, if they do, I got ideas. So the fact that he's okay with it, HBO is kind of mutually parting ways. Uh, I felt the same way when Mindhunter was decidedly not moving on with season three. Uh, the actors, Jonathan Groff and Colt McElhinney got let out of their contracts. David Fincher said, I'm just kind of not interested in doing a season three right now. I kind of want to focus on other things. So I get that, but my Hunter is so fucking good that I just wanted a season three so bad. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. one of these days, once Fincher does what he wants to do, that he goes back and does the My Hunter season three because it's just a fantastic show about true life crime and the killers that are behind it. So if you guys haven't checked out Mine Hunter, season one, season two, fantastic binge watch. Very cool. <laughs> Now, what's, what's, this, what's this you put up about uh, Salem's Lot is having a new thing coming up too, King? Yeah, well, they're, they're planning on remaking it. I know that. But they're actually planning on doing a separate series uh, with Adrian Brody um, for Epic's channel. Ten-episode series called Jerusalem's Lot. Uh, it's a prequel that Stephen King had written back in the 70s to Salem's Lot. Uh, but they're deciding now to call it Chapel Wait 
which is based on the house that's in Jerusalem's Lot, the prequel, which is a sinister house, almost like the Marston house, uh, but has a pretty sinister history and background. So it's officially being called Chapelweight, and it's going to premiere on the Epics Channel 10-episode arc. No idea when the release date is going to be for that, but it's something to look forward to because I think that the prequel story is a short one. It was in one of his anthology collections, and it doesn't get talked about enough because it is a great companion piece. Mm-hmm. If you want something more out of Salem's Lot, that's one of my favorite Stephen King novels. Mm. Oh, kind of like uh, the whole Doctor Trip story with the stand. Yeah, yeah Captain Trips. I mean Captain Trips. Captain Trips. There's only yeah. one yeah, Captain like... Trips, buddy. Mm. The ghoul knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Grateful Dead, baby. <laughs> All right. So, Listen, yeah. man, you know, this is, for me, yes, I know I know. there's only one Captain Trips, but at the same time, too, the Captain Trips from from uh, the stand is, is pretty fucking important, man. <laughs> yeah. It is incredibly important to the plot of that story. So, all right, uh, Zach, so what's going on in the horror world? What do you want to talk about before we get into the movie tonight? Holy moly, there's so many things. Well, Are there? Okay. I feel like you're being facetious. No, I actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten items. Is is NECA, is NECA putting out more figures? And of course they are. If if recent trajectory serves correctly, that means that I'll get cut off uh, before I get to everything I need to talk about. But then let's do with it. That being said, because man. We have to talk about the Terminator. But anyway, uh, so we, on this very program, uh, in the last year, covered the Terrifier uh, with Mark the Clown, uh, the creator and director, uh, Damien Leone, uh, who is currently in production for the sequel, had created an Indiegogo campaign to raise money for the sequel, uh, looking for fifty grand, and uh, he made two hundred and fifteen thousand. Uh, oh, <laughs> he said yes. That uh, Art the Clown uh, has been resurrected by a sinister entity, uh, and that this is going to be much more ambitious because if it's higher budget. And he also said they have filmed the scene that rivals the hacksaw scene from part one, and that be, this scene, people are going to be angry at us. That's what he says. And they mm-hmm. already are plotting out part three. Uh, they know how they want to begin it and how to end it, but they still have to flesh out the rest of the story. Interesting. I'm actually kind of surprised by how much of a following Terrifier actually has. I mean, that's the biggest thing that impresses me, is that how many people love uh, Terrifier and all all Hallows Eve. I mean, it was no, fun. You know it was a fun, yeah. you know. It was a fun movie, but I have to say, it does seem to be quite popular amongst like our 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 horrorcon yeah. people. You know, it definitely mm-hmm. it's like that yeah. indie film that's got legs, um, and it's got that whole uh, like hey, it's got the Arthur Clown thing, man. It's got a character. It's got a character. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's got a recognizable character. 
it's also got that dirty secret feeling about it still. You know, that like, hey, we, these people are still accessible. You go to the horror cons, you can still talk to them. You can still hang out with them. They're not like, you know, yeah. and yet still they feel like they're more popular because it does have some recognition at this point. So I just, I feel like that, that, that's got a big thing about it, man. So yeah, I, I want to see what they're going to do with some, with some money behind them and, uh, and see what they get here. I found Terrifier to be entertaining, and yeah, if they're saying they got something that's going to make that Saw scene seem silly, then <laughs> all right, bring it. That's what I got to say with that, man, because that was probably the most shocking <laughs> moment of that movie. Oh, yeah, completely agree. Oh, look at that. Uh, the, all right, Doc is back. Okay. All right, so moving on from Art the Clown to what else is going on, Doc, what's next? So, you know, because... World War Z was such a smashing success and a groundbreaking uh, feature <laughs> film. Uh, you know, producer Max Brooks still is assuring anyone who listens that World War Z 2 will happen someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. Maybe, maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. You know, yeah. Look, I I gotta say, man, uh, I I I wasn't familiar with like the World War Z like like material. Uh, I let myself get a little hyped up for the film. I'm a fan of Brad Pitt, and man, uh, what a what a letdown was that thing. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> know, just I was not into it, and uh, I don't care about a sequel. Yeah, and I have uh, actually have the book because I'm a huge fan of World War Z, the book by Max Brooks. Um, and I actually went to go see it in the theater, and I was like, you know what? I love the book. I do like the doc said. I love Brad Pitt. So let's see what they do. And the movie was just such a letdown. But again, like we just talked about with Terrifier, I posted that article on the Talking Terror Facebook page, and how many people were saying I love this movie, and I can't wait for a sequel, and I hope it comes sooner than later. And I was impressed because that movie was such an underwhelming film. It's too much popular CGI. amongst it's those that it feels accessible to the non-hardcore horror community. Yeah, okay. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, it's like uh, a safe when, horror when, movie. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things trail, that I guess when, when you're talking to. Yeah, when you're talking to coworkers and they hear that you're into horror movies, you know, and the non-horror fans are like, well, did you ever see World War Z? You know, that's like one of the first questions they ask. It's like, they, they, you know, they, they feel comfortable there with World War Z. You know, they, <laughs> Listen, the funniest thing, though, man, and it actually came up today while I was at work, you know, we were talking about it, and uh, I forget why, but, you know, I mean, when's there never a good reason to talk about iced tea? But, like, that's when I think about, like, whenever I think about hardcore horror people, you know, like, I think about iced tea, and the reason I say that is because, like, when me and the king met iced tea, you know, you don't get, oh, oh have you seen World War Z? You get, yo, you guys ever see a Serbian film? And it was like, Oh, man, he was so cool. <laughs> My fucking head exploded. I couldn't believe it. I have to say. Yeah, me and Coco, we love that shit. Man, I was just watching yep. the other day. You ever seen that movie? I'm like, oh my God, dude. That's what we do. I go to work and Hold on. I sit around and we just watch horror films all day. <laughs> Wait, you, you guys had iced tea? Yeah. We met if you don't remember, Monkey, where have you been? Uh, Yeah, I don't remember I wasn't there. I so. will share the picture later. <laughs> I get a chance of me okay. and I see. <laughs> you know, with my fucking face going, oh my God, he loves horror movies. 
and not fucking popular <laughs> ones. And ones that people haven't seen. Like a serving film and the human centipede and the second sequence. This guy's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Put it in for the real thing. I have to say right. while I am I've never been a fan of his genre of music, he has a song from the early nineties called Lifestyles of the Rich and Infamous that kills. Oh, I know one you thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say fuck the police. Oh, cop killer. That would be that would be the low hanging fruit choice. No, the funny thing is I I recently introduced Samantha to that song. Um but for for education for educational purposes. (laughs) That's why. You have to. You gotta start young. See and fuck the police. This weekend, the diva introduced me to the movie Colors because I'd never seen that. You never saw Colors? You did, man. Robert Duvall? It's, it's yeah. one of those ones, Show man, pen. that somehow I missed, man. And then immediately Colors. after we watched it, Colors. Lady, Lady, the, diva, the diva broke out her copy of the soundtrack, too. Yeah, that, you, know, uh, you know, Colors was one of those first movies uh, in, like, the mid to late 80s, and it started, like, a thing. Uh, you know, with the movies that followed on its heels, it was one of the first movies where there was like the the fear of like gang violence taking place in the movie theater. Uh, you know, which continued. Uh, you know, a few years later with Boys in the Hood and other movies of that ilk. Colors was the first one where that was like a thing in the news media. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was a big fucking deal at the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. I can't believe I never saw that one. But you've seen Surviving the Game. It's so weird. You've seen that one, but you haven't seen... (laughs) I've seen Surviving the Game. I've also seen 3,000 Miles from Graceland. (laughs) 3,000 Miles from Graceland? How does that tie in? I've seen his colors. I see he's in it. Is he? I I haven't seen the movie in so long. Wow. Yeah, see? All right. Yeah, he's he's one of the um, hired attackers. Where you been? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I well, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I mean, it's been a couple of years since I've checked out Three Thousand Miles of Great Land. I think I saw it once, and I was like, ah, good. Mm. <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry, Doc. So, what what else have you got? <laughs> the powers that be, uh, even though they were pleased with the production of season two are uncertain at this time if there will be a season three of Castle Rock. Mm, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, I thought that was so still hitting up high in the numbers, right? Yeah, I really don't I know. I haven't, and I also have not seen one minute of it. I have uh, no, not finished season one of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched season two. It was good. That was the whole uh, birth story of uh, Annie Wilkes, how she came to be the, the evil character that she is in Misery. Definitely worth checking out. But, yeah, I mean, season three, where do you go? Because season two is so good. I can't imagine that they'd be able to top uh, season two. Well, considering it, dry, taps, but... it, it taps into the whole oeuvre of King War, you could insert any number of things into that. So I do wonder what, what their uh, the decision-making yes, insertion. <laughs> Penetrative moist things. Oh. Um, make, make sure you use your Google glass. Google <laughs> 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 is no longer produced. It's been outlawed in the United oh, no. States. 
That's just the president. We don't need the cool blood anymore. We're all natural. We're saving resources. We're saving money. It's going to be a big time thing. No more cool blood, everybody. Ever since Pop became legal, cool blood production has decreased. Here on, I'm gonna raw dog millennia. <laughs> millennia. <laughs> Who's millennia? Whatever. Millennia. 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 I'm gonna fuck the millennia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I call it the fountain. Raw dog in the morning. Why not? He's talked <laughs> the past couple of years. Why not the whole millennium? <laughs> there you go. Wait a second. All right, Doc. So what's next? What do we got? AMC is strongly considering a third season of The Terror, uh, <laughs> continuing on the path that they created with the second season, which was a complete and total departure uh, from the first season, which was based on the Dan Simmons book, The Terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they decide to move forward with a third season... Uh, they like to keep with this anthology track and uh, create a story from some other uh, historical setting, just like the first two seasons. And they've also announced that if season three is a go, uh, they will assemble a new creative team across the board. Did any of you guys check out Infamy season two? Is it there? I No, I have mm-hmm. not, but it's no. high on my list. I guess, yeah, I checked it out and it was really good. Uh, Fantastic storytelling, great ghost stories going on throughout. Uh, I would love to see them open up this world. And like the doc had said, just do some other historical moment in time. Uh, but, yeah, Infamy uh, is definitely worth checking out because I know for the first season people were kind of turned off with it because it, it was on a ship and it had to do with the 17th century and all that stuff. But, you know, the, the Infamy season having to do with the Japanese internment camps, uh, much more kind of based in recent history, I think is worth checking out. I never made it through season one. I know the doc was big on that mm. whole thing, and uh, I watched the, a bit uh, of a drag. First, mm. the first couple of episodes, and mm. I was uh, I was I was finished. So what? Like uh, mm. what was that? Uh, so the Japanese internment camps, like uh, what was that movie that we watched, Doc? Uh, Black Sight nineteen Area, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, Men Behind the Sun. Oh, that's Unit Seven Thirty One. That's not uh, internment camps. That was happening. Uh, okay. Yeah, but but that's what that's oh, what the, the that's what the ghoul is thinking of. These are the internment camps yeah. in America for the Japanese. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the series for a couple episodes, so it's worth checking out. Yeah, but uh, Unit Seven Thirty One is a whole other debacle, uh, which I wish they would co- cover because that's just horrifying. But uh, so let's we'll stay tuned, see if a third season's available for uh, the terror. Anything else with AMC? Uh, nothing else with AMC, but from AMC, uh, we're going to stay with TV and roll over to Apple TV, which is, you know, okay. trying to claim their slice of the pie uh, that uh, only has so much. So I had, oh, my God. I didn't even realize what <laughs> I just did there. That was not planned. That was totally natural. Uh, that was not planned. <laughs> Uh, that just came out. I'm not even juice. kidding. I make you. Know, I make no jokes about that. But so I had no idea this was happening. Apparently, Apple TV 
is doing a reboot of the show from the 1980s, Amazing Stories. Uh, it's being oh, developed right. by Universal and Amblin TV. Uh, Spielberg is the executive Spielberg. producer. It's going to debut on March 6th, and it's going to feature 10 episodes. Now, I remember uh, Amazing Stories very well. Uh, I don't remember. I don't yep. remember a whole wide variety of the episodes. There was two seasons. There were 45 episodes. Uh, they had five Emmys and no ratings. But I have to say, there was an episode of Amazing Stories that was simply that called was The Sitter. It was called The Sitter. And it was <laughs> one of my most absolute <laughs> – no, the, sit, the Sitter, as in the babysitter. Hey, Clark, uh, the it was. Full. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Cat um, that, uh, This episode was one of the most absolute favorite episodes of television of my childhood. Uh, just a perfect blend of scary and funny and weird. Uh, and it starred a very young Seth Green, uh, uh, amongst others, um, it, including the blonde chick, who is the blonde chick that uh, Anthony Michael Hall gets with in Weird Science. Um, but man, hmm. did I love that episode of Amazing Stories. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember the I movie. Am, I don't remember the show too much. I remember the show. Again, I, I believe it was NBC and I want to say like Sunday nights. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't remember, similar to you, Doc, I don't remember any specific episodes of it and I certainly don't remember the Sitter episode. So. Yeah, I was more yeah, of the dark side back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, but then there's the really cool episode with Kevin Costner, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and they were the World War II pilots, and the uh, belly gunner was drawing cartoons all the time and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I remember that one. Okay. So, yeah, I do remember one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my takeaway like, episode. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was the movie, but I remember Christopher Lloyd was in it, and he played like an evil teacher, and they cut off his head, and then the head was still alive. And I think that might have been Amazing Stories too. I think that was the movie. It wasn't the uh, yeah. actual well, series. No, that no, that was one of the episodes because it was Christopher Lloyd as the teacher, and then um, it had the okay. yeah, but then it had Mary Stuart Masterson from Some Kind of Wonderful in it. Yeah, and then it had and then it had the um, nerdy guy that was hitting on Mary Stuart Masterson in Some Kind of Wonderful as her boyfriend in that episode. Interesting. Okay, so that was actually the series. Okay, so I do remember some. Um, yeah, I thought that was one of the movies. But yeah, I was Tales from the Dark Side back in the day. It was a Twilight Zone reboot that happened in the 80s. I was watching a lot of that. Um, but yeah, Amazing Stories kind of fell by the wayside for me. Um, but interesting to see that they're rebooting it, uh, you know, on Apple. I guess anything to watch the streaming services, I guess. Anything to get people to subscribe, they're going to try to make it happen. Like uh, QB is doing a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. Now, now, Doc, do you know if this is Apple TV is another subscription service or is it? It is. <laughs> it's another subscription. Uh, for service. their original content, it, it very well might be. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the true answer to that is. It is for oh, okay. their original content. I mean, uh, the only Apple I have, Plus. I, I, yeah. I have Apple something. Um, the reason I have it though is because uh, the only way to get the director's cut of Midsummer was to get it through Apple uh, Apple TV or whatever it is, iTunes. Mm. And uh, so I watched that through Apple TV, but it's just it links right to my television. Like, I don't have to subscribe to it. I was able to buy it and then stream it right through there. 
But I think for their original content, you do have to have a uh, subscription with them. Oh, okay. I've got enough of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping track. <laughs> All right. So, Doctor, we want to keep with uh, TV horror, or we want to go to movie horror? What do you got? Sticking with TV, the Travel Channel, March 18th, as reported previously on this show, True Terror with Robert Englund will be debuting a six-part series with twisted tales from the headlines of yesteryear being explored by Robert Englund. So I'm excited for that one. is this one kind of going to be like a um, Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of thing? No, uh, it's going to be more on crime. And it's gonna yeah, be about, it's going like, to be, I think, uh, like true crime macabre stories from the past with Robert England uh, as, I guess, the host slash narrator um, slash tour guide into the past to look at these twisted tales. And what better host than that, Robert England? Like he was like made to do that, <laughs> you know. I mean, if I'm picking anybody to do that, it'd be Robert England. Um, just like Bruce Campbell did Ripley's. I think those are two perfect guys to do hosting duties or shows of that ilk. So I'm looking forward to True Terror, um, you know, and checking out what they're going to cover. I'm sure they're going to cover some crimes like the Black Dahlia. I'm sure that'll pop up, and I would just love to see what Robert has to bring to it. He's got that voice. I could listen to that all night, audio book wise, podcast wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to hear his stories, man. Yeah. He just tells he hey, I won't be able to do a podcast. Well, good. Because, like, the the ghoul and I had met him, and he had plenty of stories. So, again, like I had said, the podcast guy right there who could just tell story after story after story about Hollywood. And, they should get yeah, your favorite, man. They should get person. the uh, Tony Todd to uh, to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's done podcasting before, though, Tony Todd. He did an episode of the movie Dracula. Crypt with uh, Adam Winch. And, uh, yeah, he did Adam Green and Joe Winch's movie Crypt. So yeah, that mm-hmm. episode is fantastic. It's almost two hours of him just talking about his career. And, and again, a guy I could listen to all day <laughs> talk about him being an actor. <laughs> so what else I you got, Tony Doc? <laughs> Sticking with TV, uh, the Shutter Television Streaming Service Network is going to be debuting in March at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas, their new original series called Cursed Films, where they will be exploring cursed films that had controversial productions, such as The Exorcist, Hmm. The Omen, and Poltergeist. At this time, the cast includes names such as Richard Donner, Linda Blair, Michael Berryman, Lloyd Kaufman, Kane Hodder, and more. Uh, so, the debut again at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin in March, and the series to debut on Shutter later this year. I love that Lloyd Very cool. part of that. I just love to see what he has to add to it. Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, that was the first movie, but have you guys seen the Toxic Avenger? Trollville, what do you do? <laughs> uh, you're supposed to be talking about Poltergeist? Yeah, that's a great movie, but have you seen Return to Newcomb High? You haven't seen that yet? Indiegogo, guys. <laughs> have you seen this beautiful mermaid that's standing right next to me? <laughs> <laughs> Check out the tatas on her. You like, you like that? It's awesome. All right. Anyway, Exorcist. Is that what we're talking nah, about? Nah, he's gonna be. Uh, what is it? Shakespeare Shitstorm. I think is their uh, their latest yep, film that he's one. been promoting. And uh, that's uh, you know it's, it's based on Shakespeare's The Tempest, I believe it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're right. 
That's the newest one that he's been promoting. Oh, really, he's really, really. Oh, hard he's for. he's going back to Shakespeare. Like, oh man, yes, wasn't Romeo and Juliet enough? <laughs> no, no, no we've got to hit the nothing, tempest boy. this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Doc, uh, what is next after True Terror? So, the Amazon Prime television streaming service has shot a pilot for their version of the Dark Tower. And they what? are really? so thrilled. They are so thrilled with how it turned out that they have decided to scrap the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Way to go. They just got too excited and had to scrap it. Yeah. Guys, this is too great. We have to just not do it anymore. <laughs> no, no, this is just too. This production. is just too, too. This is too good. We can't release it to the public. They're not ready for such a project. Gotta get rid of it. Too much of the public. It's crappy. Why they can't get a fucking solid Dark Tower series going, man? I thought somebody else was working on a Dark Tower series too, other than Amazon. Now that I think about it, but I might be wrong. I thought that that material in the dark tower. But then again, I thought that I'm thinking about the stand too, because I know the stand is going to be on CBS All Access. I think uh, at the end of the year, yeah. I think December, that's going to be coming out. So mm. I might be thinking about the dark tower. But yeah, the, the, I don't know the dark tower. I, I agree with the goal. I think it deserves to have some kind of good proper but, series, HBO, but, you know, Showtime. And all all three of you guys like because Doc, you you've read them too, right? The Gunslinger series. Yeah, I read the first book. Uh, the ghoul gave me the whole stack, and I read the first one, and I was like, no, and then I gave them all back. <laughs> okay. Um, no. Which, again, I can't, I can't fault people. It is not for everybody. That's the thing. And what it's I always tell everybody no. is, you know, the first book is a hard read, especially because it is a uh, – a Western. It was a short story that then got brought and made into a larger tale. Um, but you know, if you can get past the second book and if you're finding yourself into it, then you're going to go through the whole series and enjoy it. But you got to get through that second book. Well, it's just because Marvel had also, uh, had tried to, you know, had their gunslinger series for a while too. And it started off really strong, then kind of fizzled out a little bit. And it just seems like no one seems to have any luck. Luck doing a gunslinger series, and I just wanted to ask you guys. Yeah, you know, well, wasn't the yeah, gunslinger but... for Marvel a uh, like a, just a trade paperback type of deal? It was just a just a quick. No, story. they were literally doing stories right from the book. I didn't know they were going contiguous. No, no, they they were. It was an ongoing series, like that okay. was like a, a, a Dark Tower series. Well, Tales from Gunslinger or something like that. But I just wanted to ask you guys. You know, why do you think they keep having so much trouble with Dark Tower? Like, just getting a project off the ground and getting it at least working. Um, you know what? Maybe it just sucks and we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's just wildly ambitious. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, where do you start? Where do you end? I mean, it's, you know, the Dark Tower universe is fucking enormous. So, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's just too big. I think it's just too big to to properly do. Um, and you know what? Listen, I think when you're a super fan, like you know, again, like somebody like me with it, um, you know, there's a certain level of 
accepting that you're a bit of a douche and that, you know, you kind of just like something because most people don't like it. Um, that being said, though, yeah, the fact of the matter is it is. It's one of those that's just really big. It'll never be, it'll never be done to a level of satisfaction that all fans are ever going to be happy with. Right. And it's never going to be done to a level of satisfaction that people that aren't fans of the Dark Tower are ever going to be interested in. I still think Ron Howard had the best idea for it. Three movies with an HBO miniseries connecting each Mm -hmm. of the three films. I think that that would have been the best way to have presented this. It would have been, you know, epic on a Lord of the Rings style scale, which is exactly what the Dark Tower should be. It is, it is, for all intents and purposes, Stephen King's version of Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah, I agree with that assessment. Um, so we may never get it, but you know, there's always hope. But uh, all right, Doc. Uh, so what's after the Dark Tower? What do you got? Uh, the HBO television network. Uh, we've talked before on this show about uh, potential for a, another film in the Gremlins series. Mm-hmm. Well, there is going to be more Gremlins, and Gremlins are going to be finding their way to HBO in 2021, except this mm-hmm. is going to be an animated series called Secrets of the Mogwai, Uh, And it is going to be uh, 10 episodes, and it actually is going to be on the HBO Max streaming service. Yeah, it's just not HBO. It's its own (laughs) thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Again, streaming service. (laughs) So (laughs) You know, if you don't got it, you can't watch it. But it's animated. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm taking a pass on it. (laughs) Who over there was like, hey, you know what? I have an idea. You know, Disney just put out this streaming service and all their animated films on it. What can we do to compete with this? I know. Let's get the Gremlins cartoon series. I mean, come on, man. That's just... Yeah. Is this the 80s? Mm. We're back in the 80s with the Gremlins? Mm. And, and let's, let's, let's bring back the Ralston cereal while we're at it. <laughs> Don't bring I, mean, up. I don't know. Oh I don't know how the Critters <laughs> series went, um, as far as its popularity. Yeah, that's a good um, but like, I would think that you know, I don't mm. know if that was an, if they were able to get the money together to do a live action fucking Critters series. You're telling me you really can't get the funds together to do a Gremlin series? Mm, yeah, <laughs> my point exactly. Especially with the fan base that's behind Gremlins, as opposed to the fan base behind Critters. <laughs> I don't know. Chris you know? has a pretty big fan base. Surprisingly enough, it's got a pretty big one. Gremlins are both love it, though. You know. And look, with all the yeah. rage between behind fucking, you know, the child, um, as he's really called, everybody else knows him as Baby Yoda. I mean, come on, Baby Yoda. Popping giz- gizmos out there everywhere again. You know, it's gonna go insane. There'll be fucking Furby versions of Gizmo, you know? Like, how that hasn't even oh, happened yeah. already, I don't know. But it did? I, I, think it, I think it did. I, I think they actually did make that's up that's how much I limited edition to it. Furby. I'm sure that they did at some point. I remember my mother <laughs> going, like, at midnight <laughs> to, like, Best Buy or some shit and getting them. Yeah, the I, I, I remember the Furby yeah. whole thing, but yeah, I remember 
Gremlins. I had a sticker book for Gremlins 2 because I was so excited about Gremlins. I always wanted a strike. never got a strike. <laughs> That's all I wanted. Never got it to this day. I still kick myself because I never got a proper stripe. That's the only Gremlin I cared about in that mm-hmm. first movie. And never got it. I got fucking Gizmo. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Gizmo. But so, I had know, a stripe. I had a big, tall, <laughs> flexible stripe toy. Uh, it was like that rubber bendy type of toy that you can, like, yeah. pose it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always upset, though, because I never got my hands on, like, a soft, plush version of Gizmo. I had, like, the mm. hard plastic version of the toy, and it wasn't, like, bendy in any way either. It was just, like, just a straight-up hard fucking toy. You could throw it at somebody yeah. and yeah. hurt him if you needed to, but that's yeah. about as good as it got. You know, I wanted to hug and yeah. snuggle the fucking thing. Yeah, I had the three-figure uh, PVC set. They were, like, two inches tall of Gizmo, uh, G- Stripe as a Mogwai, and then Stripe as a Gremlin. And I still have the nice. Jason. Very <laughs> cool. All right. So, Doc, uh, what else do you have? Uh, segueing, segueing finally out of the world of TV uh, and getting into the world of feature film, uh, with the upcoming Matrix 4, it has been announced that there will be no involvement uh, from Hugo Weaving, uh, right. who oh, famously man. played Agent Smith in the he Matrix series. So. No. Well, anyway, what mm-hmm. happened uh, was that they were uh, apparently Lana Wachowski uh, had dates that were going to work. Uh, he had been holding off on signing a contract for this other project that he's been working on. Uh, and then she started to shift the dates. Uh, so he signed the contract for his other project. And then she fully switched the dates, which made it unable uh, for it to work. And that makes... Hugo Weaving disappointed that he will not be taking part in the upcoming Matrix uh, Part 4. I'm okay with it, though. He shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Goa just said, he wouldn't be there for Part 4. <laughs> First of all, I'd be okay if Neo wasn't in it either. But, you know, they well, they kind of really gotta have him. Not <laughs> necessarily. I mean, the world of I the Matrix that. was I'm a saying. huge world, you know? Yeah, it could easily yeah. have gone further and deeper into this without having to bring any of those cast. You know, you want to bring some of the cast members back, deeper. go right on ahead. But you could have made this take place in the future, you know, or take place in the past, and you don't have to bring back any of them. You could have cast completely new people and made it a whole new series. But I agree. Just the computer the- program, so the time time is of no essence. This is true too, but time in the real yeah. world. Well, we we don't even know if that was the real world. You know, some people argue that that was another level of the Matrix. We don't even know if that was oh. the real Hugo Weaving. Sure, <laughs> couldn't have been. You know, somebody it might else? not have been. They should <laughs> hire Samara Weaving to portray oh, the new oh, Agent yeah. Smith. Oh my God! Mm. Yes. Holy shit! Great fucking casting. <laughs> the new Agent Smith. <laughs> I'd sign on board with that real quick. But I don't I'm even know what she's doing right now. No, man, <laughs> if you saw Mayhem, yeah, love her in Mayhem, Joe Lynch's movie. With, uh, well, I love her in Ready or Not, man. Yep. I still haven't seen that. That's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. But um, All right, so, uh, Doc, uh, what else do you have? Finally, first time in several weeks I can take, finally, 
uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife, uh, which we all saw the trailer several weeks ago. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, who, uh, based on what I've seen, Hard. I think is getting into that place right now where he's going to be a little bit too overexposed with the amount of projects he's involved with. But he says that uh, the, trailer, the trailer mm-hmm. for Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, that – they kept all the cards close to the vest uh, that you have seen nothing yet. And that uh, surprisingly uh, Ghostbusters afterlife is going to be relying tremendously on practical effects and everything that you think in this day and age that would be CG and I is not going to be CG and I. CG and I. CGI. 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 What are you talking about? Yeah. You said CG and I. The hell is that? CG and I. Eugenics? I thought you were hanging out with CG. Nugenics? Yeah. What are you it's talking CG about? CG and me. The like, movie special like effects uh, software. CGI. Yeah. What? Like RDA. Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad that they stuck it close to the chest. ILM. Really want to even <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll see what's going on. I don't know about Finn Wolfhard, you know, blowing up. I mean, he's in the turning, which comes out the 24th. Ghostbusters is coming out in July. Uh, and we're probably not going to see Stranger Things season uh, four until next year. So, you know, let him enjoy these two projects he's a part of. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not a really big fan of them. But, season um, four of Stranger Things is set for the year 2024, um, as of right now. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take place six – and the storyline's going to take place six months after the events <laughs> of season three. <laughs> and they're all going to be in their 20s. So for some reason, and it's going to be six months. All the things that you would think would be CGI, like their age progression the and everything, is actually going to be practical. They're going to practically de-age the characters. <laughs> nice. Can't wait. Thank you, Netflix. Can't wait for that season four in 2024. <laughs> All right, Doc, so uh, what else do we have uh, before we go into the movie? And that's what's happening. It's a movie? Okay. We're talking about a movie? So... We are. We Hell yeah, we are. So is the doc officially it. terminated? It is. It was terminated for termination. The Shermanator. <laughs> the Shermanator? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> the sophisticated <laughs> sex robot sent back in time to make one lady lucky. <laughs> Come with me if you want the sex. <laughs> but yes, fuck me, my nerd. So, yeah, this is my fun fact for tonight Terminator from 84, directed by James Cameron. So, in the year 1984, May 12th, 1984 to be exact, which is, I was only two days old at this time, a human soldier, Kyle Reese, is tasked to stop an indestructible cyborg killing machine, both sent from the year 2029 from executing a young woman, Sarah Connor, whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. the reason I picked this for the show is because I feel like the original Terminator is a great splasher film. You know, it's a great splasher film. Um, and the, the rest of the series we'll talk about, we'll sprinkle it in there, the, the rest of the Terminator movies. But the first one is like a John Carpenter movie just on steroids with car chases, with gun battles. It's got everything. Never took the steroids. Sci-fi action <laughs> slasher. 
I saw this at a very young age on HBO, like I'm sure a lot of people did, and I fell in love with it. I, I love T2. The rest of the movies, eh, we'll get into it you know, in the conversation. But <laughs> what did you think about The Terminator? Come on, man. I mean, like I said in our group chat, you know, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with it, but really not. I mean, it's a fucking Terminator. You, just, you don't. It's, it's one of those films that is, you know, for me as a kid of the 80s, it is a very important, like, touchstone film in my childhood. So, it, uh, yeah, I love The Terminator. It's, it's a constant rotation film for me. It's on all the time. I didn't even need to watch the whole movie for, for this episode because I see it. Oh, yeah. Really, like, once every other week, I have to say, it gets played. All right. uh, Doc, what do you think about The Terminator? The first Terminator... Uh, is fucking awesome. And that's what I have to say about that. I don't know how much detail you want me to get into right now, but I have, I have much to say uh, about the original Terminator. Okay. And we're going to get into it. Uh, Monkey, what are your thoughts on the Terminator? Man, this movie's a piece of shit. It's like, I don't know why the fuck we're covering this movie. <laughs> it's the fucking Terminator, man. Yeah, it's you know, like the ghoul said, you know, it's one of those movies growing up in the 80s that, you know, was on heavy rotation. You know, we saw it a million times. Uh, this movie, like, was a movie that fucked me up as a little kid just because I'm a, always been a sci-fi fan. And this was the first time I'd ever seen science fiction mixed with gore. And mm-hmm. <laughs> when we when we get to that scene, it's just it, – it, it fucked me up as a little monkey. <laughs> but it didn't stop me from watching the damn movie. But yeah, we're gonna get into this. Uh, King, at two years, two days old, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> well, like I said, I already gave my thoughts. Um, but yeah, this, this movie is a perfect blend of sci-fi, action, horror. Like I was telling the ghoul uh, the other day through text, is that I felt like somebody watched Halloween, James Cameron possibly. And he took the score and he took the basic premise of Halloween and he made it into this great sci-fi action horror hybrid where you have a great score where it's constant. You know, if you've ever seen a John Carpenter movie, you've heard that score. And that's what I got from this movie. But it's just a, a cyborg killing machine with no remorse and just no apologies. He's going to hunt down Sarah Connor by any means necessary where you have Kyle Reese as part of the resistance trying to save her. This is the final battle as we get in those title cards at the beginning of the movie. This happens tonight in 1984. The final battle for salvation. It's happening now. And it just it, it can't get any better than that. Having the opening sequence of the battle in 2029, we're not even that far away. We're in 2020 now. It's like eight years away from Skynet destroying everything. So better yeah. gear up now because we're only a short period away. Yeah, and it's just this is one of those movies like it, it made Stan Winston who you know who he is today. You know, it definitely gave him a giant push in the right direction. Uh, it threw me off though. I didn't realize that this was only James Cameron's second movie. Yeah, and the right. first one Piranha was two. Uh, Piranha Two. Piranha Two. The spawning. Yeah. Which actually is when he was when he was filming Piranha Two is when he got the idea for this. Um, and you're not too far off. He actually uh, was inspired by Halloween. Um, okay. You know, this is uh, – it was just one of those where he – I guess he was sick or some shit. And 
I guess he was having some kind of fever dream about some kind of like metal monster or something chasing him with knives. <laughs> and from there, that blossomed into what eventually became the Terminator. Yeah, and then, and, uh, yeah. He, you know, yeah, and then he got Sam uh, Winston on board, and it threw me off, like, the budget that they had and the stuff that, you know, him and his studio were able to build, like, just throws me off with the, how little of a budget they had, but they still made it work. Um, and, like, finding out that all of the scenes from the future that were shot were um, shot in sync with, with whether or not he had that part of the robots done yet. So they were actually... <laughs> Like, he, he uh, had, like, when we start at the beginning of the movie, we have, you know, these giant killing machines, you know, the um, killing machines going around these giant tank motherfuckers. And it's just rolling over just human skulls over human skulls, you know, in the wasteland of the future. And that's all they could shoot because that's all they had built right now. They hadn't finished the rest of the robots, so they couldn't show it. That's why that's, that's what you get at the very beginning of the movie, you know, and and as the movie progresses, the models are getting done, so they're able to show more and more of the models later, but we'll get into that and whatnot, but yeah, when we have that opening scene at the beginning, it's like, I, I just fucking love it, it's like, I'm my um, sci-fi nerd happy place <laughs> when we start the beginning yeah. of the movie. <laughs> and what's great is when you have, yeah, go ahead, cool, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I'm sorry. I just had a question. Do you guys remember the first time you saw this? And do you remember how old you were? Yeah, I do, actually. I, yeah, I was in <laughs> sixth grade. And it was on HBO. And I was like, the Terminator. I was like, I heard about T2 or an Antine T2. But I'd never seen the first one. And I was like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And I fucking fell in love with it. I was like, this movie is so fucking cool. It's got horror. It's got action. It's got sci-fi. <laughs> but what about you guys? How old and, and where was the first time you saw Terminator? That was my this is where I want to jump in. If you saw T2 before T, uh, the first one. Okay, go, go Yeah, ahead. man. Yeah, this is where I want to jump in. And, and the first part of this, right, uh, I'm, I, when I tell the first part of this story, um, it's very possible that I've told this story on the air before. Uh, Ghoul, I know in our own discussions, I'm sure I've talked about this before. Uh, as, you know, we've talked about uh, movies, you know, <laughs> for a fucking lifetime in our, in our friendship. But... Uh, the Terminator came out in 1984, and I don't, you know, I'm eight years old. Uh, I don't know much about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger really or anything at this point. Uh, I had, I'm sure, seen a commercial for this thing, and uh, you know, it looked like something that I wanted to see. Um, and I begged and I begged and I begged my fucking parents uh, to take me to the movies to see this, and uh, you know. <clears throat> The weekend was coming. They said we were going to the movies. Uh, I had been talking about it so much that I didn't even think to question. Like, I just thought that that's what we were doing. I thought we were, they were taking me to see the Terminator. <laughs> oh, no. You, uh, Gould, Gould, do you, do you remember where I'm going with this? Do you remember I'm, this story? I'm remembering this. Yes, I am. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember what, what movie I ended up seeing? Do you remember, what is, Gould, do you, what before, you before I get to it, Secret and you don't have to say it, Gould, I'll say it, but I just want to know, Gould, do you remember what I actually saw? It's, you know what, I want to say yes, but no, I, I can't, for some reason, I, it's like right on like the tip of my head right now, I almost don't want to hear you say what it is, just because I want to try to figure it out, but we don't have that kind of time, so just go ahead. You're right, uh, I would hate to, to waste the valuable time, but anyway, 
Uh, so uh, we get to the theater, and we don't uh, get to see the Terminator. Uh, <laughs> at the snack bar, I saw my neighbor, my friend who lived down the street, uh, this kid named Jason, and I was like, oh, what movie are you here to see? And he was like, here to see the Terminator. Uh, lucky. I, instead, <laughs> in 1984, got to see uh, the, the, the star-making vehicle for Helen Slater, none other than 1984, Supergirl. Supergirl, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good trade-off. Supergirl, starring Helen Slater and the guy that played Ellis in Die Hard. Um, so, I didn't no. get to see the Terminator. Now, uh, oh, a, a short time later, when uh, whatever the time frame was in... Uh, 1984 for a film to make its way from the theater uh, to like HBO, you know, probably a year. It happened so much slower then than it does now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A year. Easily a year. If I, not more. Yeah. Easily. Uh, so now maybe I'm, maybe I'm nine or 10 and I see like, you know, I'm watching TV at night. And I see, you know, uh, HBO, we had, you know, the cable that we had included HBO, Showtime, and Cinemax. And I don't remember which of the three it was, but it was like uh, whatever movie was on ended. And it was like, coming up next on HBO is The Terminator. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's that movie. You know, I had moved on with my life, you know, but I was like, oh, shit. So The Terminator is coming on. And, and I watched it. And The Terminator, seeing it for the first time, you know, at a time still where Arnold Schwarzenegger had not really yet fully exploded. He was starting to, uh, at least in my mind, he might have been more popular in the moment that I realized when I was 9 or 10. But I had never seen anything, any human like that before. Um, this movie, at that time, and, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, King, because I feel like you being born in 1984 and seeing T2 oh. for... First, I feel like this is an experience lost on uh, on people unless you yep. were like this age at the right time. Scared yeah. the living fucking daylights out of me. Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. was so yep. goddamn terrifying in this Terrible. film. Yep. I had and just the fact that like in the beginning he's walking and he's naked like that alone at nine years old was he fucking was terrifying. Dick, <laughs> um, <laughs> and. When he when he kills those punks, when he kills the fucking gun shop owner, when he kills the that like slow motion scene of him kicking open the door into the false Terracana's oh, house, when it turns to slow motion and he raises the gun, was one of the scariest fucking things yeah. I had ever seen in my life to that point. It was terrifying. Um, yeah, it just it left such an indelible fucking mark seeing the Terminator at that age for the first time with no real other context of like true horror or this type of true violent action movie. Um, you know, it wasn't like there were 25,000 movies that, you know, had elements of the Terminator because the Terminator had come before it. It was like seeing this shit for the very fucking first time. And it left such a mark and scared me so much. Uh, there's so many other scenes that left those marks that we'll talk about as we work our way through. But, man, what a mark did the Terminator leave on me at the right fucking time in life? Uh, yeah. Uh, monkey, you. Terminator. 
first time. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever heard Doc talk that much. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get on those roles, man. Yeah, when the, when, it, when the timing is right, you know very well in our episodes that I get onto those roles when the timing is right. I love it. I love it, dude. I love it. Yeah, I can't beat that story, but I can definitely, like, you know, but I definitely remember exactly where I was because it was fourth grade, Rebecca Fraser's house, in, in her basement um, with her sister Brandy, her hot sister Eva. Um, because her house was one of those houses where um, it was one of the few houses in the neighborhood that had cable. So everyone would just, you know, the, her, her parents were super fucking cool when it was just whoever wants to come by whenever, just walk in the door, you know, go down to the basement. Everyone's watching TV down there anyway because, you know, they, they had cable in multiple rooms in their house, you know, and multiple cable boxes. So, you know, so, you know, the, the giant big ass selector switch on the top of the TV and shit like that. Um, and yeah, just one of those things where I walked in though. And, but I walked in at the wrong time because I, my very first time seeing the Terminator, I literally nice, nice walked in. walk. <laughs> no, I, no, I yeah, literally walk nice, into nice. the scene where he's working on his arm. <laughs> and then I'm like, what oh. the fuck is this? Like, you know, my very first experience with the Terminator is literally walking in on this scene, you know, scaring yeah, the shit out of me. That's one of those things. When I said, Monkey, when I said that we'll get yeah. to these other things, that whole sequence when he takes the fucking sunglasses off and the and he plucks his fucking eyeball into the fucking water and then starts fucking <laughs> with the shit in his arm, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, no, but... <clears throat> And then it, you know, threw me off, you know, because it kept going back and forth. And then when it switched back to the regular view, and I was like, oh, it's fucking Conan. All right, well, I gotta sit down and fucking watch this shit because I, I'd already <laughs> seen Conan before this, so th- that's what made me interested in this. But yeah, I definitely remember where the fuck I was the very first time I ever sat down and watched fucking Terminator. Joel, did you already say it or did you not? I only asked. I don't, I don't have any kind of story like Doc. I mean, I, I remember I was eight years old. Um, it was my, my mother's friend Heather's house. Uh, she had a daughter who was about a year older than me. Um, and they had, uh, you know, they had a VCR. Did you show her the Battletoads? No, no. Shane, I would have loved to have shown Shane the Battletoads, but I was way too young for it at the time anyway, man. I wasn't even, like, thinking that kind of stuff. Shane was just like a friend, you know? That was when I could actually have lieutenant friendships with, with females. Um, it was before I realized I could put my, before I could put my penis in them. Um, that, that changed everything. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, again, I, we used to go to Heather's house all the time. Actually, I have my, I have a big scar. Well, not a big scar. It's a tiny little scar on the back of my head. And, uh, it's cause I got my head caught on the nail underneath her couch. Oh, kick your ass. Other. Um, but yeah, no, I remember going there and we would always hang out downstairs in like the, the lower basement area, I guess you would call it. And I remember Shana being like, Hey, you know, we got this movie. You got to check it out. You know, she's like, it's called the Terminator. Uh, similar to you, Doc, I had never, I don't think I had seen Conan before, or if I had seen Conan at this point, I didn't put two and two together that they were the same human, human being. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film particularly scared the living shit out of me. 
Um, everything from the stop yeah. motion animation, which I found creepy in its herky jerky mm-hmm. movements. Um, yeah. The movie just it blew my mind between the time and again, this is me as an eight year old. Time travel concepts, things that I would go on, you know, and end up reading about in sci fi books and other films and things like that. This laid the groundwork for a lot of the genre type of things that I would go on to enjoy and gave me a mm-hmm. lifelong love of not only this franchise, but Arnold Schwarzenegger and again, the genre as a whole uh, of science fiction along with, with horror. I mean, obviously yeah, there are horror yeah. elements in this movie. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. And uh, with the movie, uh, cause like the, the doc was saying about Arnold Schwarzenegger, when you first see him, when he's walking naked in Griffith Park to confront so the, the punks, one played by Bill Paxton, of all people. <laughs> you know, yeah. nice that for a walk, huh? You know, it's just the fact that you have him kind of doing the, the whole superhero pose when he first comes out of that time sequence and looking over the city and then taking over the clothes of the three street punks. But then you have kind of... Not like, only that, he punches his fucking fist through oh, that right fucking guy. Right so fucking yeah, through it. it. That's Brian yeah. Johnson, isn't it? He played Praxis uh, yeah. in yep. Best of the Best 2. He plays like the yep. main villain, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, that's who it was. Oh, that's he right. Plays that's Shao I'm trying to figure out who that was. Uh, you said Best too. of the Best 2. So he plays yeah. Shao Kahn, okay, yeah. in Mortal Kombat 2. Um, that, that's how I know man. that guy. Man, that but dude got like, jacked up over 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he did. But it's yeah, it's it's the juxtaposition of Kyle Reese coming in uh, from 2029. He's he's scarred. He's choking. You know, he's trying to steal an old man's pants so we can escape the police. But then you have Terminator. He's like, yeah, I need to go see a really now. bright light. <laughs> yeah. And it's this whole Step thing. That man just took my pants. <laughs> yeah. They're there for the that same bright, reason. Kyle Reese is that there. That bright to see light her. comment is something that I would go on to use for probably a good like ten years. Anytime I make fun of any kind of like hippie thing too, I'd be like, "Oh man, you see a bright light." <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the, I just I love the fact that you have Schwarzenegger as a Terminator arriving, very cool, very comic collected, ready to just kill because he's on a mission. And then you have Kyle Reese all scarred up and choking and shit like that, being chased by police, trying to put on the Nikes and just trying to find this woman in the phone book, 84. They have to look up the phone book, find out where Sarah Connor is. Terminator's doing the exact same thing. And that's um, funny and we that also you get say that doing. that way now, but the reality is this. When he looks up he looked it up in the phone book. I don't know. As a kid, that's what you did. You looked things up in the phone oh, yeah. book. You know? Yep. It was the norm. Yeah. It's just it was a norm. But that's why I said, that's why I love this movie is that they both have to go to the phone book to look up Sarah Connor. And there's many Sarah Connors. And to the doc's there's point, three. The one of the things that I fucking love, which is after he kills the in the gun shop, where he's looking for Mr. Fireman. was like, yeah, I don't think we have that here. Yeah, Murray, yeah. Murray, 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 Murray,
mission's over. I killed him. No, you didn't. There's like fucking five other Sarah Connors you have to go through. Fuck. <laughs> there okay, were three right total Sarah Connors, dude. Three. There were three. I thought there was five. Okay, so there was three. But still, because I don't know, but he didn't have a picture of Sarah, though. Like, Kyle no. did. Like, Kyle knew what she looked like. Terminator didn't. Like he just he was just going that's along why with he all just, the That's why he was killing that's why he was that's killing all of them. But man, when he pushes that, that fucking door open Skynet would have a picture of her? Like they would know what she looks like so they could send him on that mission? Like no. this is what she looks like, this is who she is. Go back to eighty four and kill her. You gotta think of this. The world had been blown up to smithereens. Judgment Day occurred and that fucked everything over. They also were not looking at in 1984, I don't think they were predicting yet the idea that we would have social media and all of the things that we have mm-hmm. now. That we That's why, you know, if it was to happen today, of course, there'd be a picture, a digital footprint somewhere. But back in 84, right. you know, this concept of the future was like mm-hmm. mind-blowing. It was like, holy shit, yeah. man, the world's going to end and fucking robots are going to rule. We're fucked. <laughs> but Doc, and what were you saying? So great, though. Uh, yeah, Doc, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just, you started to talk about going his way, making his way through the Sarah Connors. I was just saying, mm-hmm. that fucking scene, when he pushes that door open and, like, breaks the oh, door yeah. chain, and, like, she yep. starts to back up, and it, like, goes to slow motion, and he pulls the fucking mm-hmm. gun out, man. God, is that a fucking great, fucking yeah. scary scene. Just a random Sarah Connor that got killed that day. And that's why I, I kind of had a laugh, though. When we get introduced to Linda Hamilton as the real Sarah Connor, when she's working at the restaurant, and she has that friend that goes, Sarah, you got to check this out. Sarah, come on, come on, look at the news. You are going to love this. And she's like, you're <laughs> making the news. She's thinking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be my humor. Like, oh, my God, that's your name. A bunch you're of Sarah Connors is how fucking go. You know, but then you get introduced to the two detectives, one played by fucking Lance Henriksen, who fucking I love in this movie. You know, just, well, you think there's a connection? Man. Yeah, it's just, it was so great to see Lance Henriksen in this movie um, and Paul Winfield. But um, investigating these murders that are happening across the town, again, bringing up the horror aspect of it. Like, there's a killer killing people with the exact same name. Like, that can't be a coincidence. What's, you know, what's connecting and we have Ooh, to find out phone all book the other killers. <laughs> we have to find all the Sarah Connors, and we have to call them all because we have to save the remaining Sarahs from whoever this fucking killer is. Because but, we don't know what it is. It was a great police work in this movie. <laughs> but okay, in that time stop. too, though, uh, you know, Kyle Reese had has also arrived. And it started making his way through the city. And we don't know what the fuck that guy's about either yet. No, also. not at all. So, yeah. you know, he uh, is making his way uh, through things. Uh, he's on the hunt. He's having his fucking weird fucking dreams and flashbacks with all these fucking mm-hmm. lasers and spaceships and explosions and everything. Uh, and, and he also is stalking Sarah Connor. So we don't know what's up with him either. Uh, just continuing no. to kind of ratchet up this tension of what the fuck is going on and what is so special about this woman. And I just, from a humor standpoint, I love the fact that when we get back to Sarah's apartment, you know, she's dressing up for her date and she's just a typical 80s mom wearing that skirt and that blouse. And she's like, I'm going out for a night in the town. 
No, the voicemail got left behind. Your date stitched you. Well, guess I'll go out for some pizza. Ginger, you have some fun with your boyfriend. <laughs> so much awkwardness. Yeah, and what's his fucking that dude was what's his fucking face was in uh he was in fucking Top, Top Gun. Gun and Roxanne and a bunch of other Rick Rossovall uh, and a bunch of eighty films. Uh, oh, oh like, yeah, he was like Ben's wingman, man. Slider. Yeah, the boyfriend of Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's another one of those things where it's like again, you don't know what Kyle Reese is there for. You just know he's there for a similar maybe mission to the Terminator. Um, again, you don't know if he's good or bad. You just know he's on this mission. I love the stalking sequences outside of Tech Noir, where you have uh, Sarah Connor walking outside. And he's just following. And just, what the fuck is this guy following me for? Like, you know, I don't know what he wants, but it's a great stalking sequence because, as we know as a viewer, after you've seen Terminator, he's there for good, but he's just fucking looking so evil. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. that's not how you want to go about this. I wouldn't say evil. I mean, the other guy, the big muscle-bound guy is killing people already. You know, we've seen him murder multiple people, whereas, you know, Reese is not. You know, he stole the the dude's pants. You know, he could have taken those cops out at any point by, you know, sneaking up on him or whatever when he was in the, uh, you know, the shopping place or whatever. It wasn't a mall. Yeah. It looked kind of like a JCPD or whatever. Um, And he didn't take a shirt, which I thought was weird. (laughs) But we do know he's, you know, he's a weirdo walking around stalking in a trench coat with a solid, with a shotgun <laughs> under that trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's going up for pizza. She's being followed. So she decides to tuck into uh tech noir. Oh, the oh, best fucking yeah. sequence ever. Where it's four fifty for a cover. I was like, man, the eighties. Like four fifty? Love to pay that when I was going to bars. It was always ten when I was going out to bars. Four fifty? Hell yeah, I'll pay that. <laughs> drink ginger ale like she's drinking, but yeah, it was just such a great nod to the eighties with the dance sequences, with the sign you know, not knowing what's gonna happen next. And it leads to what the doc was talking about. That fucking sequence where he bursts into Sarah O'Connor's apartment and just annihilates not just the boyfriend, but Ginger, where he fucking shoots her the fuck up. Don't make me fuck <laughs> no, up, man. <clears throat> Not just, like, a bullet to the head, and that's it. No, he just fucking shoots the shit out of her. He just well, he has did no the same thing with the, uh, with the other Sarah Connor, oh, too, yeah. though. You know what I mean? He, he yeah. makes sure to, to, to double tap. He knows the oh, rules. Yeah. He saw Zombieland, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and once but again, he's like thinking he's done... Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's thinking he's done. You know, he's getting ready to go home. But then the answering machine kicks on because back in the 80s, we had these big-ass answering machines. And it's, yes, we did. And it's Sarah calling, hey, Ginger, there, there's this weird fucker chasing me around town. Hey, can you stop fucking your boyfriend for five minutes so you can come possibly save me? No, Ginger <laughs> yeah, can't help you. <laughs> well, I'm going to be here at Tech Noir, the following address. Come meet me and pick me up. <laughs> and the fucking, I love the, the, the cut, though, because the Terminator shows up fucking immediately okay, after he hears the voicemail. It's like he was <clears> just <throat> like a half mile away. <laughs> he just walks into the club and he's like, oh, shit, he's here already? Like, he didn't have to drive? <clears> no? It's, just well, it's, right, it's right on Pico, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything in California is right there. <laughs> It's again Doc. my favorite sequence of the movie. Is, you is live in Technoir. Cali? Is everything in Cali right there? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's right off the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Did we lose the doc? No. Well, I think it's still, yeah, he's still there. Yeah. So is everything close by, Doc, in California, mm. where you can just get there within a minute? Nope. <laughs> Especially with the way the fucking traffic is, man. You're looking at like 45 minutes to go five miles. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, the traffic in this movie is pretty fucking light for California. There's no cars on the road in this movie. There's nothing on the interstate, nothing on the back roads. Everything's just clear for these car chases to happen. That occur later on in the movie. Mm. When I was like, man, there's no traffic. I mean, this is like prime time, like 8, 9 o'clock at night in California. No traffic? <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a great sequence of Tekken War, where you have Sarah Connor just dropping, you know, accidentally in the bottle and ducking down. Terminator shows up. Kyle Reese shows up, and it's the ultimate fucking showdown. <laughs> Terminator's just blowing everybody. Dude, Terminator pulls out yeah. that fucking Uzi, man, and starts just mowing motherfuckers down. He's got no <laughs> no abandon going on there, man. Doesn't matter. He just wants his target. Very, very single focused. Yeah. And that that was the other thing about this scene is because you know, again, we're talking 1984. Not really much had been done like action movie wise, where it was just this kind of violence like this. It's like because maybe this is when we started to see, uh, you know, maybe some of the Chuck Norris movies, um, <clears throat> you know, him doing his thing, but nothing like of this measure of, like the guru just said, of just mowing down bodies, just adding to the horror and you know, dismay of moms <laughs> everywhere. You know, uh, of the amount of just. Violence of just <laughs> just mowing every motherfucker down in the club, and Terminator yeah. getting right back up after he's been shot. Like, it like would have been the first time I had ever seen anything like that. You know, again, like I said, I was eight. I don't think I had seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth yet. This really may <laughs> be like I mean, I saw Poltergeist, and that right. scared the crap out of me. Um, but I'd seen that in theaters, so. Like, as far as just level of, like, wanton violence, yeah, I think this definitely uh, was probably, like, my first, the first time I'd seen anything to that effect. And Which you get is also what made this scene so too. famous. Which is great. You know? Sorry, sorry, King, what were well, you saying? Uh, the Terminator vision, which I love. Is when they're escaping the club, oh. and you see the Terminator vision for the first time, all drenched in red, you know, where he's just examining the background of everything and trying to chase them down the valley when they get into the car to drive away. Um, first time that's been used, and it was great the way that they used it, because you're finally getting to see how the Terminator sees things. You know, Oh, yeah, it was a cool effect, man. I totally, totally dug it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Robot eyes, man. And you got, Robot eyes. <laughs> the funny thing is, and though, you also, I don't know. Like, Good. You know, what also like, is great in this whole sequence post-club. Yeah. What also is Your great question? in this whole sequence post-club is Michael Bean's performance as Reese is, in my opinion, outstanding. Uh, he oh, my God. takes what is, you know, which if you really want to get into it and detailed and elaborate on it, what it can be a very complicated story and like simplifies it down for us, the audience, to tell us what the fuck is going on. But his, his belief and his yeah. portrayal of his character uh, is just so effective and so strong and so convincing. Uh, you're hanging on his every word to find out what is actually going on here. Yeah, the way that he described the Terminators, like that, you know, there, you're targeted by a, a C-101 series, and that's you've a marked Terminator because your son's going to be the resistance. The way that he lets all this out, so we're in a fucking car chase. 
you know, is amazing. The fact that he's so sold on this, you know, as as portraying this character is really amazing. Just the fact that he has so much exposition to give while he's being chased by this Terminator that's punching <laughs> through the windshield and trying to kill them both where he gets his eyebrows singed off and he's still fucking moving. Now he's got a cop car and he's chasing after them. You know, using the cop's voice to say where he is to make it seem like they're fucking criminals. <laughs> <on the phone. laughs> well, what's great is it's, like an exa- it's a total perfect example of the infiltration aspect of the character, though, you know? Little things that you get from Kyle that you know, like the doc said, you know, he's dropping all this exposition and yeah, you know, if Michael Bean overplays this character, this is a very different movie. Um, any other actor gets in there and, you know, let's say you get somebody that just has too distinct of a personality. You have a very different movie. The best thing about Michael Bean, you know, uh, he's one of those actors I feel like from the 80s and you know, obviously to, to a degree, the early 90s. Part of what makes him work as an actor is the fact that there's nothing very special about him. He's got the the look of an actor, yeah. but at the same time, mm-hmm. he's got the feeling of like an everyman. You, you feel like you can walk into a bar, there's Michael Bean, and you're just going to hang out with Michael Bean. You know, like, I, yeah. that's the, yeah. what I've always gotten from the guy. I've never got like, I always felt like he should have been a bigger actor than he was. But at the same time, it's like it works perfectly because whenever he's in a role, he is who he is, and that's it. Another thing yeah. that made that performance so strong was like, you know, at this time I, I had heard of Arnold Schwarzenegger. If not, uh, you know, I'm not certain if I had – I don't know for certain if this was the first thing I'd ever seen him in. Uh, I really don't have that timeline down in my mind. Uh, but I know for sure that this is the first time that I had ever seen Michael Bean. Uh, in anything so oh yeah uh, for for me who at that time was already a lover of movies had seen you know uh, you know all the Star Wars up to that point and like Raiders of the Lost Ark a thousand times and you know had fallen in love with movies like here was this new exciting actor that was so like believable and you know and scary in his role as well you know it was just one of those things with this all being so new that made it so effective yeah, see, I'd well, seen him in Aliens first before I saw Terminator, so yeah. that was my first exposure but, to Michael Bean. Yeah, I'm I was sorry, seeing Aliens right. after this. But mm. then the thing was, when Schwarzenegger was first meeting up with Cameron about this movie, like I read that Schwarzenegger was originally, in his mind, he thought he was going to be playing the role of Kyle Reese. Like, that's what mm. he was thinking. Is he was, he was going to be playing the good guy in this movie. And then Couldn't James Cameron it. was like, no, 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 no. no. James want, Cameron was like, I no, want to be a hero. Yeah, he didn't want to be the bad guy. He thought he was talking to him to, about playing the role of Reese, and he's like, no, I really need you to be the Terminator, not the hero. Well, he kind of you know? got and to be the good guy, though. He too, so it worked out for him. Yeah, eventually. But I'm I'm saying, though, it's like like everything that the doc was just saying about having to have the right actor in this role to play the role of Reese is just – if Arnold had had I his said way that, man. It, Why are you giving oh, sorry. He, Yeah, Ghoul said that. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, <laughs> but I'm Don't put saying, words like, in my <laughs> mouth, monkey. <laughs> yeah, that's not what he likes sorry. in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but like the Ghoul had said, again, having to get the right actor for the right role. And if Arnold had had his way, yeah, it, I definitely don't think this would have worked at all. No, and, and to the Doc's point, too, 
is when they go to the police precinct and Sarah's in protective custody and they're talking yeah, to uh, Kyle Reese and he's explaining this whole fucking thing. He's like, I'm from 2029 and there's fucking Terminators out there and he's going to fucking kill you. And Dr. Silverman's like, this is great. I can't wait to be famous. This is great. <laughs> For the whole career of this guy. So much shit. He's like, keep him talking. Keep him talking about the future. But you, you <laughs> had, but still, in, in that point, too, uh, just an, another one of these layers that makes this so great is that you have like Paul Winfield and Lance Henriksen, uh, yeah, are perfect in their parts and what type of cops they're supposed to be, uh, you know, and uh, you know the shrink, uh, you know the fucking the dude from uh, Home Alone, yeah, uh, awesome, mm-hmm. and you know then yeah. after okay. hearing after hearing Reese uh, tell. Sarah, this whole story, you know, when they're playing the video clips of him through the monitor, you know, based on what we've seen so far, we think he's telling the truth. But like, is he fucking crazy? Like, we're, like truly, like now that we're yeah. we've yeah. we've had a now that we've had a few moments to take a, a few deep breaths from, uh, you know, the the startling burst of action that had just taken place. Uh, really, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, uh, and I do yeah. just want to call out real quick at the end of that action sequence when the police car that Arnold Schwarzenegger is driving slams against the wall and you see like his fucking body like slam in through, mm-hmm. like, through the window uh, you know just another one of those things that like in this type of movie like I just had like never seen before you know oh yeah, yeah. I think, and I the, think the thing gone. is this yeah. it would have played more towards thinking Reese was crazy like, there was no point, even as a child, where I thought or doubted what Reese was saying, mostly because of what we were seeing Arnold doing. Um, yeah. I think if they, if they could have played it that way, they really could have. You know, they, they easily could have went, you know, and again, with the cops giving us the explanation of, you know, PCP, and, you know, even as a little kid, I had no fucking idea what PCP <laughs> is, you know. He's like, yeah, get me all hopped up on PCP. It's like, what the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and where can I get some? <laughs> nah, well before those days, man. Um, yeah, I got stories for that. Uh, but no, again, because you know, we saw Arnold doing what we saw Arnold doing, I never doubted Reese's, you know, words. Plus, we saw his flashbacks from the future as well. If they had oh, played right. that closer to the vest, they could have pulled off, you know, making you really wonder, you know, is this guy crazy? But that's not what they were doing here. That's that's perfectly fine. I'm I'm happy with what they did. And to talk about what the doc was talking about earlier, was where you have them in the police precinct and they're telling, you know, Sarah, just relax, you know, the couch is comfortable, you know, we're going to talk to this guy, don't worry about it. Then you get the scene of the Terminator going to this, the fucking apartment that apparently he just fucking found where he could just go in through the window and he could just do this fucking, uh, you know, surgery on himself, opening up his hand so he could do repairs on what's been damaged, digging out the eye. And I know everybody's always said, yeah, it looks a little hokey, you know, the, the stop motion on his head, but it still works. Like, it's still a that great That shit effect. was horrifying as a kid. Okay? Yeah, I look at that now, and I'm like, yeah, that looked fake. Dude, as a kid, fuck that, man. So that good. looked as real <laughs> as it could have possibly been. And I love yeah, it. But it was, when I watched it for this show, I was like, oh, my God. When he's plucking out that eye, then you see the red light 
from the cyborg machine that's underneath. And then he's putting on the, the gargoyle sunglasses and just fixing his hair. Like it's a it's great. Like, yeah, for what they could accomplish in eighty four. Yeah, but it wasn't stop motion. Stan Winston actually did a full head bust and stuff like that with uh, ro- uh, robotics inside and, you know, puppetry and all that. That wasn't stop motion. That was actually a fact. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but he also had a change yeah. of clothes. I thought it was weird. The fact that he, he put on a leather jacket or something. <laughs> you know, he found a leather jacket along the way. And he put it, it just on. Practi- you know. It is practical. <laughs> I love when he practical talked to the one guy going to the apartments. The fuck? It smells like death in here. What the fuck's going on? Fuck you, asshole. Fuck, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> Which is a great little callback to the, like, you know, like, I didn't even think about it as a kid. But, like, you know, as I got older, I realized it's just a callback to the beginning of the movie. It was something that he mm-hmm. learned from the punks at the beginning. Yeah. And now is using it in turn. He had those you know, options. You know, and it, it kind of sets up what we learn about them in the second film with the whole, you know, the learning aspect that they have, how they learn how to infiltrate and be human, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, that scene that. also <laughs> sets up what could be the most famous sequence in this entire movie. Uh, Which is? Because on the heels of the Terminator repairing himself, uh, he goes to pay a vision a visit to, to the police station uh, in yeah. his continued quest for Michael Sarah Connor. <laughs> and, oh, you know, yeah. as the as the doctor is leaving, Arnold walks in. Uh, he asks for Sarah Connor. Uh, he's told to wait and then drops arguably one of the most humongous catchphrases of 1980s film. Suck my... No. And then... No. <laughs> I'll be back. No. And then drives the car into the police station and just goes on a fucking slaughter with his fucking oh, guns. It's uh, this cool. sequence yeah. is absolute. Like it's like I feel like it's like the crown jewel of this fucking movie. Uh, this no. police station sequence, just another one that as a kid, just just the sheer brutality and ruthlessness of it. Uh, at a young age, scared the, the fucking shit out of me. Especially the, the, the cops, yes, officers, and you know? the way, yeah, the way he's handling the guns, the way he's aiming them, pointing them, carrying them, uh, everything about it. And then you have Paul Winfield and Lance Henriksen arming up with these fucking guns, and they're like, "We're going to protect you. Just stay out of the way. Just stay here." And when Paul Winfield gets fucking gunned the fuck down, you're like, "Holy shit." Like he's out of there. Then Lance Henderson's like, I got you. You know, I'm going to fucking get this guy. Then he gets fucking gunned down. <laughs> There's just no escaping this guy. I know Doc will appreciate this. You know, for years, I thought that Paul Winfield and Dave Winfield were the same people. No, I, thought that, I thought that Dave Winfield would moonlight as an actor. And every now and again, he would be a movie. Dave Winfield and Paul Winfield, huh? Wow. <laughs> they had the same last name, okay? That, that, that's the kind of comprehension I had as a kid. But, but yeah, it was just, it was, just, you know, the, the, this entire thing in the 
police department was just insane, just, you know, all out <laughs> shootout. And like the ghoul had said, just as a little kid watching this and the fact that it's cops that are just getting mowed down, you know, the ones that we were told, you know, to go to when we need help, you know, and they're just getting slaughtered left and right. Yeah, and then, and again, you know, you know, the people that are supposed to be the ones that were always yeah. going to help you. You figure, okay, listen, he can he could take on one or two or three people, but an entire police station for him just to mow through yeah. that the way he does was like, wow, this is some serious business. Now I know, you know obviously, again, arguably the 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 major portion of this film for me. I always see this end sequence and I know people want to, they make fun of the whole stop motion thing and everything about it and how mm-hmm. fake a lot of this looks at the end of this movie. I yeah. love it. I loved it then. And I yeah. love it now. Like I said, there was something creepy about the way the characters would move, you know, like I had mm-hmm. seen stop motion before this film with clash of the Titans. Um, Ray Harryhausen. And, and that's, creeped me out too, you know, seeing Medusa move the way she did, and there's just something about that herky-jerky like, movement that is just so fake, that it just makes it, like, just strangely scary. Yeah, and and, yeah. and for me, though, watching the, the Terminator go through the police station, the way that he dispatched people, I had already seen Halloween 4 and 5 at this point, so I was like, yeah, Michael Myers already did that. <laughs> he was... He Arnold did it first, man. Uh-huh. He did, but ever, I had seen Halloween 4 first, and I had seen Halloween 5 first. I'm like, he already killed a whole bunch of cops in the police station. So, Arnie, I know you came first, but Michael Myers did it better. Because he only had a fucking knife. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have guns. Yeah. But he killed the whole police station. But, um, but to your point, yeah, it's, it's the whole stop-motion sequence that we get towards the end when you get to the exoskeleton of the T-800. Um, but we do have a stop at the Tiki Motel, where they're going to make yeah, plastic. we do. Oh, yeah, they Two. suck, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and Kyle Reese is like, hey, man, you know what? Your son, John Connor, was the resistance, and we totally need to fuck right now because that's what he told me to do. He's like, hey, man, when you go see my mom in 84, you totally got to fuck her for me, man. You got to fuck her for me, dude, or I'm going to kill you myself. T- and he's like, John, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do this one thing for you because I love your mom. Never met her, never knew her, but I'm going to fuck the shit out of her. He's like, dude, do it. Do it for me, man. We the resistance. It's got to be weird as a kid, you know, well, again, as a grown man, and you're giving this guy a picture of your mom, you know, knowing full well that he's going to get the hots for her. And basically, you're just giving him a picture. Of, like, it's like giving somebody a picture of your mom and being like, hey, man, jerk off to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna enjoy this, man. And Kyle, Sorry, I came on your mom. Sorry, I crossed the turkey. I can't stop coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> feels so good. <laughs> oh, she's got a cold chill now. Uh, yeah. I can't even look at it. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, I, I gotta admit. It's like I, I, it's been a little while since I've seen this movie, and I totally forgot that Linda Hamilton actually gets naked in this movie. And I'm just gonna yeah, say she, she has some, she has some decent little mom tits, okay? <laughs> Where yeah. I was like, hey, she, she actually fun. has a, a decent rat. <laughs> uh, again, yeah. eight-year-old me who hadn't at this point. I don't, it, it, I don't think it's the first time I ever seen boobs, but sitting there with you know with, with Shayna. 
it was one of those like very uncomfortable like moments, you know, where it's just like, okay, those are titties and you're a girl and that's just weird. But Shayna wanted you to see it, so that you know maybe she was trying to. She said it's a movie you got to see. You know maybe she was trying no, to see the movie. Full plutonic, man. Full plutonic. She was like a full year, if not a year and a half older than me. So there was no no interest other than the fact that we had shared. Our moms were like close, close friends. Language for many, lesson. many years. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yet, we also get the fact that uh, Sarah's been telling her mom to go to the cabin, you know, if there's a fucking guy on the loose, and you're going to want to go to this cabin and just kind of fucking hang out. Yeah, Terminator got there, too. And <laughs> uses her fucking voice on the phone. I'm all right, but this is crazy, Sarah. What am I doing? It's going to be all right, Mom. And then you fucking come to the Terminator using her voice like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> He's already killed her. <laughs> And he's on the hunt. Your foster, your foster parents are dead. But what after the car chase after the Tiki Motel, what uh, the, the ghoul is talking about is that final form of the T-800. After it gets burnt up and you see it burning up in the fire and it's slowly melting away all the flesh, all the blood, all the viscera to get this final form of the Terminator in its actual form, it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> Even watching it now, I was like, mm. you know what? Watching it in that kind of uh, mm. stop-motion effect, it's still great for 84. Like, just to see it moving and walking. Not like the Ed 209 from RoboCop mm. where he can't walk upstairs. This guy can walk upstairs. <laughs> yeah, I dug it, man. It's just, uh, again, you know how much I love old-school stop-motion stuff, Ray Harryhausen. But just mm-hmm. the the design, the build, it's just it you know was something that had never been seen before. Where it was just you know it was like an evil fucking C three PO from the future come back to kick your ass. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about as we close out. You know, uh, Ghoul Doc, what did you think about that final form of the T eight hundred? Seeing it for the first time, like what the fuck is this? Like it's got the red eyes, it's got the skull, it's got this weird exoskeleton body. Like it's not stopping; it just keeps going. Cock, guys. <laughs> Did you just say cock? Cock? No, doc. Doc. Talk. Uh, look the 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 robot. The, the cyborg, I mean, whatever you want to call it, um, I truly I don't remember what my reaction was to it the first time. Uh, watching it now, I prefer the Arnold Schwarzenegger covered cyborg. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the eyes, you know, the eyes and shape of head certainly. Uh, you know, are scary. I don't know that the cyborg, uh, you know, affects fully hold up uh, with everything else in this film. Uh, but you know, again, still super effective. Um, you know, it's the fucking Terminator, man. <laughs> but yeah, they go. It's they a, go into a, a robotic place. They sit there and get to meet the Terminators. You know, great, 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 great grandfathers. You know, as <laughs> yeah. the robotic things, all, all, all of this area. 
of just, you know, pr- production plant of some kind going about. And while it's still banged up, you know, and it's limping about, you know, it's still yeah. not stopping. It's still coming after him. No. It's still coming. It's still climbing the stairs. Kyle Reese has been mortally wounded, and she's still trying to help Kyle, even though it, it's a lost kind of thing where he's dying. Like, this is his last thing before he goes. Um, but she's still trying to go. And Kyle places that plastique in the uh, Terminator's chest, which leads it to fucking explode. And it's still not done. Like, the upper half nope. is still determined to fucking kill Sarah Connor at any fucking choice. And I love her climbing through to that gigantic press. Terminate this motherfucker. Like, you know. <laughs> Got like a hand. You're terminated, fucker. There you go. You're terminated, fucker. I put a little extra flavor on it. <laughs> You're terminated, fucker. And crushing that skull until you see the red light go out, where you know it's finally done. Kyle Reese is dead. She's the ultimate final girl of this movie, bringing it back to the horror yeah. era. Um, you know, it's like, where do you go next? Like, you, you know, she doesn't know her mom's dead yet. You know, I'm sure she'll find out. A certain <laughs> you boys <laughs> like Mexico! <laughs> I think the fact that Kyle dies was something mm-hmm. that was a shock as a kid as well, you know, because up to this yeah. point, he's the hero character, you know, like I'm still looking at Sarah, even though she's toughening up through the film, you know, she's still very much the damsel in distress. So the mm-hmm. fact that our mm-hmm. male hero here is going to actually die, and in the end, Sarah Connor is going to become our, our protagonist, our, our lead character, that I think was shocking for me as a as a kid. And, you know, when we get to see that scene, her being led into the ambulance, and you see Kyle Reese's body being zipped up in the body bag, that's it. Kyle Reese's mission's over. You know, he saved her. And he impregnated her because they had a fun night at Tiki Motel. Now she got the dog from Tiki Motel. For some reason, she went back and got that dog, which I thought was weird. She adopted that dog as which, her own. Which, which was James Cameron's dog? Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Okay, that's a cool fun fact. Uh, yes. When she pulls up to that station and she's in Mexico and, you know, the little kid runs up and takes a picture of her, which is the one that Kyle Reese had the entire time. And he's strong-arming her for five bucks. <laughs> or my dad will beat me. <laughs> you know, you know, hey, how about four? Okay, my dad will beat me for four. Give me four dollars. Got it. What did he say? There's a storm coming. Fuck yeah, there is. Dun, 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 dun. Stay tuned for King Two. Eight years later, you know, and what? Aliens and the Abyss came first, so it was uh, it was a while yeah. before we got T two. It was yeah, definitely it was, a while was before like, we got T two, and in the in between, uh, you know, between the Terminator and T two, Arnold Schwarzenegger had become such a massive star that yeah. I don't think they had any choice but to make him the the good guy the come T two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They had to. And that's what made that movie so fucking huge. At least to me anyway. Looking at T two from that standpoint, it's like you had to make him the hero. Because he had become mm-hmm. such an iconic actor at that point. You can't make him go back and be the T eight hundred from this movie. You have to make him no. the, the hero. 
And it just it yeah. didn't work. I mean, I'm not a fan of T2. I, I like it, but I like the original God. Terminator the best. Yeah, That's my go-to. It. I don't like T2. Uh, I don't like uh, the fact I do. Similar to Alien and Aliens, T2 and the yeah. first Terminator film are two very different movies. One yeah. is a yeah, stalker-type horror film, and the other is an action movie. Terminator 2, yeah. just like you know, just like so many films of that that time, Jurassic Park, stuff like that. These were huge mm-hmm. milestone films for technology and yep. just movies in general. You know, I remember seeing T2. I had to get my uh, my my Looney Tunes grandfather ended up taking me and Jason Bucolt, uh, a friend of mine, to uh, to go see it in the Freehold Theater. It was the only way I can get in. You know, they uh, they were bothering yeah. me about the whole driver's license thing, not having not being 17 at the time. So finally, I got uh, you know, I got somebody to take me because my my mom sure. tried doing the whole. She bought me the ticket, and they still ID me <laughs> on the way in. The assholes. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so, no, so you're that, right, man. T2. Work. When it comes to special effects, T2, uh, you know, was one of those, uh, you know, benchmark films with the type of special effects that you had never seen before. That, you know, that changed special effects in movies. You know, not yeah, true. Absolutely. I had seen it before because he had practiced these special effects in the abyss. So, which I had yep. seen no, in theaters. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, yeah. when I was actually trying to go see Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. Um, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so, so he was practicing that. Yeah, I love the Abyss, man, and they still haven't released that shit. Yeah, me too. I you fucking know. love the Abyss. I mean, I will talk about that any fucking day of the week, the Abyss, because it's such a great fucking movie. I loved it more than Leviathan, which was a huge fucking movie at the time. I love the Abyss more. Um, but that's for another day. All right, Monkey. Why don't you speak yeah. up? Because your pick is next week. What do you got for us? Oh yeah. Um, okay. So like I like we promised on the first episode of this new year, King. It's a new year. It's a new decade. It's a new talking terror. And yeah. the monkey's gonna do. And the monkey's gonna do something that the monkey has never, ever, ever done before. Oh god. Oh Whoa. boy. What is it? The, are we the, are we going monkey? out of country? No, 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 no. The monkey is picking a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, my That's God. Right. Oh, Jesus. I hate Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas? No, no, no. Yes, uh, we, we are going to be, next week, we are going to be covering Mom and Dad. Valley Girl? Nope, Mom oh and Dad. Mom you know why? Because dad? I don't, I, no, because I don't think I got enough Lance Hamerson this episode. So we're going to sit there and carry Lance Hamerson into the next movie because he's in that oh movie as God. well. <laughs> Mom and Dad, you're really covering that next week? I've been fucking yeah. dying for you to see this movie. I fucking love Mom and Dad. Holy shit. We're actually going to be talking about it on the show. Thank you, Monkey, so much. Because Selma Blair, Nicholas Cage, you know, Lance Henderson showing up in this movie. Oh, man. I can't wait to talk about Mom and Dad next week. That's a great one. All right, guys. All right. That's my pick. Uh <laughs> Uh, Ghoul, you I'm gotta <laughs> Uh, you know what? Back uh, because of all kinds of crazy things going on, the uh, the Ghoul Girl is back in action. Um, Woo! I guess getting uh, getting all the stuff out of the room inspired her by putting it in her face, and she has been crafting things yet again. So, uh, you know the uh, the time the time is, is right. on its way. 
Valentine's Day <laughs> around the corner. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Love you know, I don't suggest I don't suggest getting a VD. Um, they're itchy <laughs> and they smell funny. But um, venereal know, Valentine's disease. Day. If you want not venereal <laughs> disease, but for Valentine's Day, if you want to get some some punani, some clean punani, you know, make sure you, you go to, to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy and buy them a bracelet, a ring, a necklace, all kinds of gemstones, Ooh. all kinds of crazy things going up there. So uh, be ready to see some some new stuff. Yes, get to, get over there. Go buy something, please. Buy something, I need to pay. I need to pay my rent. <laughs> do it for the romance. Yes, it is. Do it for love. <laughs> do it. Do it now. It's not too much love. Are you going to do it for true romance? Don't be a kindergarten or cop. Or, or even just a night at what? Even if it's just one night at the Tiki Motel. <laughs> be a commando in bed. One night. Okay. One night in Bangkok, Jeez. Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't have kids. All right. Like, uh, so thank Daniel. you, Doc, so much for joining us for this talk of Terminator. Daniel we'll see you back here next me. week for Mom and Dad. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Yay. Mom and Dad. We're talking about it next week. All right. So, and Monkey, I, thank I, you so I, much again. And I'm your sister. You already do, thanks, thanks, Mom thanks, and thanks. Dad. The other one that you made us do no. that had to do with parents. The no, parents we didn't do mom and dad yet. Parents just didn't uh, understand. No, link the link letter. <laughs> movie. No, not the link letter. Not link letter. What's his name? The other one, man. Whatever. No worries. No, we didn't do mom and dad. Twin Peaks. I'm the monkey. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Daddy, take care. Well, we argue this out. We never cover mom and dad. Mommy, Jared, Me? we're covering it. Neighbors. Poetic Justice. Neighbors. Randy Quaid? We never covered that. That might be a Poetic way. Justice. <laughs> Wanna smell my food? Poetic Annie? Justice. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. With Tupac and Jenna Jackson? Miss <laughs> Jackson for nasty. Mom and Dad saved the world, right? We're looking at the John Levitt, the John Lovitz vehicle. No, With Terry Gar. Yes, yep, that's it. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'm the old pal of King Hurry G saying, "Keep America strong." Watch our irreconcilable differences. <laughs> Without a trace. Trizzy's, Trizzy's honor.